if I can go back in time, I wish like I could have treated my body with more love and with more respect when I did have that blow to my head because my body was still healing and my mind could not compute that. Hi everyone, welcome to the Save Your Spoon podcast. I'm your host Natalie and I'm so happy to have you back for another episode. I hope you've been staying safe in these awful rain, snow, sleet, icy conditions. I feel like Mother Nature is just like throwing a dart at a board trying to see what she's going to choose next. And girl, I feel you. I know I briefly mentioned just being in hibernation and maybe this is going to be my talk for I'm so fun at parties, but wow, I feel it. This past weekend was very difficult for me. I posted a blog post regarding it and just how when you feel those painful emotions, sometimes the best thing you could do is just sit with it, be present with it, feel how it feels in your body and allow it to pass. And with that, hibernation is such a thing. We're put on this earth to hibernate. And I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast But man, it's like the last thing I want to do is go out to a party. And I also think that aside from hibernation, people experience different stages of their life. So right now I'm in a let's go to brunch and look cute rather than let's go to the club. I'm not a club girly. I just think I am such a talker. I love getting to know people and I do like dancing, but there's a time and a place. And honestly, I would rather dance alone in my room than I would at a club. It could be because I'm cuffed. Honestly, looking back at my snap stories makes me laugh at just how much I've grown. Today, Christina sent me a picture of what I looked like in grad school when I was drinking and I just maintained a different type of physique, lots of weight training. And it's like you look at that person and you're like, wow, like I don't even recognize myself anymore. Or like not in a bad way, so <laughs> in such a bad way. It's like, wow, that seems like a whole other life away. And like I'm proud of that woman and what she's become. And like I love continuing to advance where I am. I'm like on a tangent. <laughs> and so something that, that made me think of right now is that I'm continuously sending love to my past self. And this is going to set me up for the theme of this podcast. But knowing like, wow, that girl went through some dark times in grad school and she still made it out and even though I'm still experiencing dark times now like I'm sending love to that person and I know that my future self is sending love to me as I am like going through hard times. I also like to think about how difficult times are just an indication that I'm about to explode with so much abundance it is like one of those pivotal moments where it's like oh my goodness I'm so sad I feel so stagnant I feel so lost and this is like your sign that like wow okay I need to change something and that's when I sit with my journal and I'm like okay let's whip this stuff out and that's when I do some reflection after like I've calmed down and I see like what brought me back up and whatnot so yeah my um I'm so fun at party talk today My affirmation is I am me before I'm anyone, but I love to watch others grow alongside of me. If you follow me on any other source of social media, TikTok, YouTube, woo, I have been doing a Girl With Me series just so people, we all just elevate each other. 
And this way you can see like how my mind works throughout my day, even if like something shitty happens or something doesn't go my way, like seeing it as a challenge versus being down in the dumps. And I also think this keeps me accountable to be like transparent with you guys. Another one that I mentioned just because it was such a hard weekend for me, it is that I can feel my feelings and not be overwhelmed by them. I could feel my feelings and not being debilitated by them. Like I can move through the world with so much ease. So often do we polarize emotions, very black or white thinking, like very negative or positive. And yes, it certainly feels like that in the moment when you are hyperventilating, but I'd like to think of it in a very neutral stance. Like this is just your body trying to communicate with you. And sometimes we don't even know, like in my last podcast episode with fear, our body senses it before our minds even do. And so allowing yourself to go through that fear process, sometimes you can use somatic sensory um, techniques to get yourself out of that fear response. But sometimes it's good to see like, what else am I missing in this picture? I'm literally looking at a feelings wheel to help me. Like I would show a child this, but it's true. So we have feelings on the outer ring. It We have our large emotions. So like scared, joyful, peaceful, sad, angry. And then it gets more narrow and more descriptive as we go towards the middle. So let's say we have angry. With angry, we have a couple different ones. We have hostile, aggressive, jealous, bitter. And so let's go with aggressive. You're feeling pretty aggressive right now. That may be because you're feeling overloaded by everything you have going on. You feel overwhelmed by every little stressor that's occurring in your life. But here's another one with powerful. You can hone in with passionate, appreciated, confident, brave. And when you're feeling passionate, that might bring you closer to like your sense of purpose. And so as you work more inward, you can see exactly where your alignment is. Like if you don't feel like you're enough or if you're optimistic or if you're feeling let down or depressed or hopeless. So I love that as a tool to help you kind of uncover when you are experiencing something difficult. Now to go into experiencing something difficult, (laughs) I'm going to talk about my mild traumatic brain injury that I experienced when I was 16 years old. A mild traumatic brain injury is also known as a concussion, and it does vary in severity. For example, you might have a more mild concussion where after two days you're able to just bounce back. And yeah, that was not my case. (laughs) And then you have more severe concussions that have you debilitated for about two weeks to even three months. I remember when we studied about this in our classes and I was like, oh my goodness, I learned so much about myself and just the psychogenic factors that play into it, how difficult it could be and you could fall into those traps of just feeling so overwhelmed and feeling like the world is against you and that is kind of what happened to me in a sense and because of those depressive symptoms like that exacerbated my executive functioning skills and if you don't know executive functioning skills are the skills involved in planning executing your goal looking at time management strategies self-talk so It was a hot mess, high school. I was not a high school girly. That was, like, people look back at high school being one of their best years, (laughs) their best years, and 
for me. Absolutely not. Like it had its moments and I've formed beautiful friendships that I still have to this day. And it's cool seeing my friends all over the country. But when it came to just how I felt about myself, it was, it was difficult. I think it turned into one of those situations that school was not for me. So I had my concussion from a really bad cheerleading accident. It was a new flyer. I was a new base because I used to be a flyer (laughs) and I fell. (laughs) Um, So it was a hot mess and she couldn't lock her leg out. And so when we popped her, she was so unsteady that she fell on my face. And it was one of those moments where you don't remember when it happened, but I remember waking up it, it, I didn't pass out. I remember like just being frozen in the moment and then like feeling like a deer in headlights. I immediately ran to the bathroom and was like, holy cannoli, I, this isn't, I, I'm terrified. I got back and I took a break from cheer practice. Like I sat out like, cause we were doing stunts still. And it was, it was scary only for the fact that it was startling. I had no symptoms at that moment. I actually ended up going to softball practice right after because I had it back to back. This was on a Saturday. It was December 1st, 2012. So after that, I went home and it just felt like a normal day. The next day was when stuff started getting a little weird. I was very nauseous. I like my head hurt more. I felt like my vision was off. It was blurry and it was like hard to read. I was trying to study for my class and I was like, mom I'm scared the next day I took the day off and we went to my physician and he was really no help he said okay she has a concussion we're going to prescribe that she takes two weeks off of cheerleading and I love cheerleading and I was like okay well we're getting ready for state I need to hop on on this so I went back I think two weeks I did wait the full two weeks actually it may have been a week The fact that I don't remember, this is like a blur, (laughs) my life. I went back, I want to say after a week, and we were doing stunting. And it was weird because I didn't hit my head, but I felt jolts to my body. And it was like all of a sudden I couldn't remember the routine. I was very frazzled. Like I feel like I was going to fight or flight. But this is a routine that we had practiced, that I had like sat during practice to watch people do while I was waiting for that week to be over know at that moment was that my central nervous system was still healing I still had symptoms of a concussion and because I didn't allow my time to take that rest that only caused more damage so I sat out and we actually ended up going to a sports medicine doctor where it was then I was diagnosed with post-concussion syndrome and a mild traumatic brain injury and With this, it's not like you want to be that 16-year-old that is different from everyone else. You're like, okay, man, you're just turning. Like at that point, I was right before my 16th birthday, like two weeks before my 16th birthday. And I was like, I don't know what was happening. All of a sudden, I had this diagnosis and I had to make school appointments to set up an IEP meeting, a 504 plan meeting. And just changed my academic plan. I I didn't do finals at the end of my sophomore year, first semester sophomore year. 
they gave me the grade that I had at that moment and the work that I completed. I was able to take the rest of the semester off. And when I returned in January, I was not allowed to return to my classes. My sports medicine doctor and neurologist advised that I took time off to heal my brain. And it's crazy because as I'm learning and reading literature, it's like, no, you're not supposed to rest your brain like that. (laughs) Go do some puzzles. Go do low intensity things. Go make sure that you're keeping your brain malleable instead of watching. I literally watched Teen Mom, 16 and Pregnant, like nonstop that whole semester. I was able to take one class. It was science. And I would write everything via mail. We would send it in. This was before like online learning. And then the rest of the time, I would just sit in my room and go stir crazy. I had never been so alone. I think that was like one of the lowest points of my life. And I was 16 years old. (laughs) It was a very dark time. I think what... After that semester, going back to school was very difficult. I was enrolled in academic middle school where I was able to get some high school credits. And so that's why I was able to take that semester off. And I was able to complete high school with taking one less course each school year. And with that, in my 504, I was allotted extra time and then I also was given oh I was not allowed to take any AP classes just because to reduce like any kind of stressors on my mind I think too there was a lot of psychogenic factors in this because I would get so frustrated that I felt like I couldn't compute or I couldn't concentrate but then my concentration would get worse because I was just so freaking distraught all the time And that lasted for about a year and a half. I think it wasn't around, it wasn't until the end of junior year did I finally decide like, you know what, like, I'm just going to quit it. Like, I'm going to stop beating myself over this. A, I have a really good college essay. (laughs) And B, it's not like I'm doing that poorly in school. And I think too senior year I still accepted like school wasn't my thing but I I focused on different things than school and sometimes like I wish I could go back and change that and I think that really set the tone for like the first two years of undergrad too and it's funny how like one experience even though like it was traumatic for me like one thing can really shift your life for a second I think that goes to show too like you are in charge of the themes that happen and here I am It is 10 years, 11 years after the fact, and I'm trying to use what I went through for good so I can help people who have 504s, IEPs, know what they're going through and like identify their strengths and not feel alone like I did. So that was a little story time of my traumatic brain injury, but I really want to break down why it was so difficult for me and just highlight things that you might resonate with. So for me, one of the biggest ones is being alone. I've noted this in other podcast episodes, but having a community to turn to is so 
influential. It's so important for you to have that when you're healing from something traumatic. Whenever I am going through any kind of like anxious thoughts, like I always turn to someone I can know and trust. And I think when I was 16 going through that, it was very difficult for me to have anyone or confine in anyone because in my mind, even though people didn't understand it, they wouldn't have cared. The fact that they wouldn't have understood it means like they wouldn't have connected with me in the way that I wanted them to. And that's not true. Someone is able to sympathize and be there for you regardless of where you are in your life. If they care about you enough and they see the good in you, they're going to be there for you. And that's just something I didn't know. I felt very alone. And if you have ever isolated yourself, you know how hard it is mentally, especially when you don't have the foundation of a positive thought process. If you're depressed and isolating yourself, you're only digging yourself into a deeper hole. And that's not me trying to scare you into like, oh no, like don't isolate yourself. Like I know some people have different tools, especially like introverts versus extroverts and whatnot. But for me, like I just felt so alone. I was by myself the whole school day. I would just be like, I barely used my phone because my friends were in school. To piggyback off that comparison, even today, like comparison is the death of authenticity. The comparison between me and where I saw people and where I thought people were. It is so crazy to think that I thought I was the only person experiencing depression to this degree in high school because I now know that's not true. People hide things. People move on. They are highly functioning when it comes to mental illness. And I think like that was okay because not okay. Not that was okay. That was something that as I approached senior year, I came to realize like, oh, everyone has experienced something painful. And if I had that community, maybe it would be better. But again, like I was sitting alone in my room <laughs> watching Teen Mom and just comparing like, wow, like blah, 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 or so-and-so is like able to take like AP Psych and AP blah, blah, blah. Like I remember I tried to take AP Psych and then I I just couldn't do it. It was too much. <laughs> couldn't handle the stress. And like seeing people be able to handle that and then some being like Calc, ABBC, and I'm like, oh, like, I just took pre-cal. I was like, hi, guys. <laughs> but again, like, the comparison of where I was at that moment, like, we don't emphasize each other's strengths like that. We look at where we think we should be. And the school system prioritizes, like, okay, we're going to get all A's and B's. And luckily, Northside College Prep, like, I can make a whole podcast on that school. But we were very big into art, so it's cool to see, like, how much we did encourage other people to try different interests but it still didn't shake me like I wanted to be that girl that had all the friends that had straight A's and I couldn't and so seeing people be able to achieve that and knowing that I wasn't able to at that moment at that time was digging me into a deeper hole I guess that's a whole other conversation like the shoulds what I should be doing and I think like watching teen mom maybe like empathize a little more because like you see these girls not following the typical trajectory and seeing how I wasn't made me feel better that like you know everyone has a different life and we don't know what awaits ahead 
I feel like I'm just blending like the three points I had comparison, the shoulds, and then seeing the light following. And so to be able to see the light ahead, it's like knowing that you're going through pain, kind of like what I was hinting at earlier. You're going through something really bad, but you know that this is just going to turn you into something like a gemstone, like a diamond waiting to happen because you have to go through these challenges to actually experience who you're meant to be. And so like, obviously I'm like, wow, I just had a blow to a head, a blow to my ego, a blow to everything. My world blew up. Why me? Why is this happening to me? And like, I don't mean to get spiritual, but like at the end of the day, it's like, you know, God had a bigger plan for me. Another one is knowing that I didn't want to be here and that I was stagnant, but not knowing where I wanted to be. And I think stagnant energy tells us so much about where we want to go in life. Well, no, no, not about where we want to go, but that it's time to move. When you are stuck in the position, when you are complacent, your energy is like eating away at you. And maybe this is because I'm always in this like growth mindset, blah, blah, blah. It was just like, I knew I wanted to do something, but doctor's orders literally like, girl, you got to sit your butt down. So I think that's something that like, I have been really like listening to my body describe in situations like that just happened. I think like seeing that like stagnant energy doesn't look like being in a routine. Stagnant energy can't show up as like anxiety Stagnant energy can show up as just being very unhappy with life, feeling hopeless. Those are signs to me that something has to change, like I hinted at earlier. With that, having a passion is so fundamental. I think noticing just how much Savior Spoon has helped me with my anxiety and with my autoimmune disease and displacing that negative energy, trying to like transmute it into something positive that would have really helped me right then and there and this never had to be like something as big as Savior Spoon or something as big as trying to change the world and help others see the beauty in their lives but it could have just been something as simple as I really enjoy reading this is my new hobby this is something that I find intense joy in I think a lot of people overlook the simple pleasures in life and this is a period of time where I was doing exactly so not that you know teen mom Jersey Shore these are the finer things in life right (laughs) the last one I want to add is that your body stores trauma there's so much more I want to talk on this topic I literally am facing the body keeps the score I need to read it I do I'm listening to the audiobook but I definitely want to I've got my own copy so I could sit down and highlight it just because I think means so much to me, but I am still in recovery in some ways because my neck is literally deformed because my head and neck trauma. I, once again, I'm seeing a chiropractor and it's crazy because I feel so many releases coming out. Like I feel like a lighter person every time I stretch my traps, my neck, Like, I feel truly awakened when I get my adjustments. Like, man, I have been sleeping on (laughs) chiropractors. And I think because 
I've always carried my stress in my shoulders and what people might not realize it's like okay when you are tense and hunched over or hyperventilating or having a panic attack or anxious like leaning over your desk typing emails you have you store that stress in your shoulders like where you're clenching things like in your jaw and you could get into like the hippy dippy stuff of like what that means like sometimes people say when your neck is sore throat chakra something I don't know but for me I'm like I think I remember reading something about like your body is hanging on to this and it's time to let it go. And once you release that and allow those patterns and allow what had happened to you in that area pass. Like, so for me, I had an awful blow to my head. I feel like sometimes I'm still psychologically dealing with what happened to me and allowing myself to let go of like how much I pushed myself to be perfect in that moment even though I did not have it in me to be perfect because my perfect did not exist. Not to get very aggressive just there. (laughs) But I have all of that pain still stored. And so as I'm moving through this, I'm seeing more and more themes come up. And I think that's literally why I haven't made strides in some areas of my life that you would think that I have. So once again, you have things that I want you to take away from my experience, my traumatic brain injury, and I can go on too, but the things I want you to take away, isolation can be dangerous. Build a community and have people around you, especially in times of need. Like That's why we have to turn to each other. It's a community. Comparison is the death of authenticity. You have so many beautiful strengths that you haven't tapped into yet because you have been trying to be someone that you're not. The shoulds, once again, another killer of authenticity and happiness because you are looking at a life that isn't yours. You are looking at a life, a fictional life that you believe should be the case, but you might find yourself gravitating towards a life one day that you're happier living and doesn't fit the timeline that you thought. Next is knowing I wasn't where I wanted to be And giving into that stagnant energy as a way of my body communicating with me that it's time to move. It's time to level up in your life. And I wish I stuck to that sign and knew what that meant in the moment and took my, used that to my advantage to grow. And like, I think I even tried making a blog that early. I was very into Tumblr. That was probably one of my first signs. I just gave in, once again, the shoulds. And the last is the body keeps the score. Your body hangs on to trauma. Your body needs to learn that it's allowed to release what it's been protecting, what it's been hurting, what kind of themes are coming up when you did get that blow to your life. And yeah, sure, I might be sounding like I'm talking out of my ass right now. And some of it is actually scientifically proven. And so allowing your body to heal, stretching, breathing, there's just so much that I think we're still learning about our bodies. And maybe that is why we're living. This is our challenge in life is to communicate and really keep our bodies attached and communicate and build that relationship. Because at the end of the day, yes, I sound very contradictory, but even though community is huge at the end of the day, The most important relationship is the body that you have 
Your body and your mind is the most important relationship. Your soul and your body. And if I can go back in time, I wish like I could have treated my body with more love and with more respect when I did have that blow to my head because my body was still healing and my mind could not compute that. I can go on and if you guys are interested in hearing just about more executive functioning or how I utilize like what I've been through to just make sure I'm using the best kind of therapy for my students and just strength-based approach and building rapport and having that empathy and writing goals that I feel like will actually align with my students and explaining like, okay, this is why we're learning and building that intrinsic motivation that I was lacking. I will happily do a podcast episode on that because I could go in. But um, if you made it this far, thank you so much. I know this was a longer episode and it's means a lot um to have you listen to this story I think a lot of people especially in high school knew that I went through a really bad concussion like I remember posting tweets about this like what were you known for in high school and I was like having a fat ass and a concussion but it's something that was very pivotal and really caused a lot of mental distress and I don't wish that pain on anyone so thank you for another episode of save your spoon i will see you next week have a good one guys